Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get older. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I am interviewing Renee And I want to tell you a little bit about her. She is a mama of three, an occupational therapist, and an advocate for moms who desire more grace, space, and rest within their lives. Oh, I love that. Grace, space, and rest. Wow. We're allowed to rest as mamas. I can't wait to get into this. (laughs) Yes. She has found strength beyond her own to navigate life's struggles, including multiple miscarriages, life with three kids, working mom life, stay-at-home mom life, and a husband with a brain tumor and seizures. She is the founder of the Rising Moms Club a community for moms who are ready to rise above the chaos and overwhelm of life and busy days, trade exhaustion, and the never-ending to-do list for a life with more joy. You can see why I have asked her to come on to the She Finds Joy podcast because this is also in my area, in my zone of genius, but there is a really big difference between Renee and I, which is why I wanted to have her on today's episode, and it's the fact that I, for the most part, am an empty nester, and I have all of these mamas who are like, Kim, I still have two-year-olds and three-year-olds and seven-year-olds, and so I can't wait, Renee, to have you on and really just talk about some of these things, so welcome. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. It's been amazing to see how much like our messages align, but yet how they're different, and they just like complement each other so well. Yeah, you are the young blood that's needed right now for my audience. (laughs) I mean, I remember like little fingers under the door and hiding in the bathroom and trying to get a moment of grace, but um, I don't have hardly any of that to deal with anymore. And my mamas who are (laughs) listening to this are like, help me, how did you do it, Kim? So I want to back up a little bit and I want you just to tell me a little bit more about like how, how did, did you have like a rock bottom moment? Like what led you to decide to create a business around serving mothers? Yeah. So I had always envisioned that motherhood was going to be this most amazing, fun thing. I loved being a nanny. I loved being around kids. I worked around kids like my whole life. I've just always thought kids and motherhood were going to be awesome. And I knew deep down that I, it wasn't going to be like my full-time gig. Like I wanted to be able to work too. So I knew all along, I didn't want to be that stay at home mom, but I really thought like motherhood is just going to be awesome. Like I'm going to, it's going to be just so much fun. And I would say that probably the first baby was fine. And I felt like I managed it well. I was having a good time hanging out with friends and getting together. And then baby number two came and it got a little bit more complicated, but then it was by baby number three. 
it was the year that I got pregnant with her was the same year my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so in that year, we were navigating all of those things. And I had to go back to work before I wanted to go back to work. And so I felt like I was the only person doing all of the things, like managing all of everything. That was the only driver for our family, taking people back and forth to work. I was driving my husband to work. I was driving me to work. I was driving the kids to school and like doing all of that. And it was about six months after my third baby was born that I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is exhausting and I'm frustrated. Like I'm irritated with the kids. I feel like I'm snapping all the time. I'm yelling. I'm not enjoying this at all. <clears throat> this is not what motherhood was what I thought. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I reached out to a couple of my friends and they said, I said, like, is this postpartum depression? Like, is this what this feels like? And they're like, no, no, motherhood is just hard. This is just what it's like. And so that so, was kind so of, like, suck it up buttercup. Cause this yes. is what you put in for. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, gosh, this is awful. If this is, if this is all there is for motherhood is like the survival mentality. Right. And you hear that all the time, just like survive this season season, get through it. Like it may be a hard season, just put your head down and grind through it. And that's what I did for that year. I put my head down and I grinded through it and thank God for the few people that jumped in alongside of me and helped kind of like carry me through that because I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. But it was that moment that I realized like, I can't do this. Like I, we were in Hawaii on our 10 year anniversary trip. And I was like, I think I'll stay here. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go home. I don't want, I, I, I'll stay here. My husband can fare well. He can be a single dad. He can take all three of them home and he yes. can manage just fine. And I'll start over here. And this next time around, I'm not going to do this motherhood thing. And so that was that moment. I was like, I can't and something different. I got to do something different. What I love about that, this Renee, because I'm all about having just real honest conversations. And like, <laughs> as mothers, we're allowed to say, like, sometimes it really sucks being mom or like, I'm not doing this in my next life because this is really like, not what I put in for. Like, yeah. you know, we all, all of us women and mothers have these feelings, but we kind of have this thing over our head. That's like, Oh, we're supposed to just act like we just love being mamas all of the time, you know? So I mm -hmm. love that your truth yeah. in that statement and just <clears throat> those were your thoughts, because I think that there's a lot of women who could be like, Renee, I have felt so bad about myself because I have those same thoughts too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that does, it starts that spiral of like all the other moms are enjoying motherhood. And I feel this way, like what is wrong with me? Like if I'm feeling this crappy about being a mom and, and enjoying motherhood, but nobody else, like all the other moms are having a grand old time. Like, what is it that what's wrong with me? Like, I'm just not cut out for this. And I remember thinking that like, I'm just not cut out for this. This yeah. maybe is somebody else's cup of tea, but this is not going to work for me you know? Yeah. And so it was that moment. That was when I'm like my, like you said, that rock bottom moment where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I've got to do something different. Today's episode is brought to you by me and my She Finds Joy program, which launches again soon. This is the 90 day guided journey that unleashes your happiness and helps you fully step into your power as a woman. You will learn how to increase your happiness levels by up to 40%. Create more abundance and prosperity than you ever imagined and fill your life with more joy, peace, harmony, clarity, and self-love so that you can tap into the woman you are meant to be. I know that each and every one of us is capable 
of stepping into the arena of bigness one daring day at a time. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our passion, our boldness, our bravery, and our bigness in this world. And I'm here to help you do just that because I'm a coach that gets results because I created this framework out of my own darkness, out of my own low self-confidence levels, out of my own scarcity mindset. And I was able to create a life that mirrors who I really am from the inside out. And let me tell you, it feels good and you're capable of it too. You can fill out our application for when we launch the next cohort and we will see if you're a good fit for me and I'm a good, good fit for you. You can fill out the application at kimstrobel.com forward slash apply. So what did you do different? Um, well, a variety of different things. And I tried to figure out like, what is it going to be? Like, what's going to work the best? And then the biggest thing that worked for me was getting rid of all of the stuff in my life that I knew I didn't really want there. So that was, it came from like, I got home and I realized I'm like, I'm spending so many hours cleaning my house, picking up like that, that I feel like that was the little phrase that says like cleaning with kids is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. Like yeah, that, that's how it feels, right? Like you're constantly, you turn around and it's like, there's a mess. There's a mess. There's a mess. Like I just cleaned that. Where did that go? And so I realized how much that was weighing me down. Like that was how much, how heavy that was. And so we started getting rid of a lot of stuff and we started cleaning it out, getting rid of it, decluttering, and really just paring down. And I wouldn't never say that our house is minimalistic, but really like focusing on, do we really need this thing? Am I picking this thing up 90% of the time without even really feeling like we need this? Like all of these things. And I want to dig into that a little bit. I want to dig into that. So, so you, you just (sighs) decide that stuff, stuff, things are overwhelming yes. you. So you, yes. you, you reflect enough to be like this house and all the crap that's in it that I'm always picking up, that I'm always having to clean around. This is suffocating me. So you decided, did, so did you Marie Kondo your house? Is that what you did? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I haven't, re- I still have never read her book. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, so I, I'm not exactly sure what she teaches other than you only keep in your house what sparks joy, but it really was about trying to figure out if I have less stuff, I'm going to spend less time cleaning it. Right. Like if you're constantly yes. picking something up and putting it away, what if you could gain that time back? And there was a statistic that I read that said by decluttering your house, like getting rid of some of the stuff, you can reduce the amount of time you're spending on cleaning up to 40%. <gasps> so oh. when I've asked most of my audience and women that I work with, how many hours they're spending in a day cleaning and organizing and sorting and doing all the things on a med- average, I would say it's about five hours. Oh so, my goodness. No wonder they're wiped out. Right. So if we can get rid of that five, like get even just down to half of that. So maybe you're not spending five hours and I teach moms how to do it in like 15 minutes a day. That's my strategy. And my goal is like that you're only spending 15 minutes a day cleaning. So if we're taking it from five hours to even half of that, two hours, like how much time are you going to get back? Like, what could you do with two hours that maybe was more enjoyable than cleaning? <laughs> okay. So can you give me some examples? Because like, I know we're all sitting here thinking like, cause I'm a really good purger, Renee. And not only that, like I purge, I organize, I got, I get rid of stuff every six months, but we still have a ton of stuff. So when I hear you say this, I'm thinking like, what are some examples of some things that you saw that you no longer needed that you got rid of? Give me some examples of that. 
Um, well, I started with the things that were the most easy that wasn't going to impact other people in my house, right? Because like trying to get all your kids and your spouse and like everybody on board is probably going to be one of the trickier parts. So I started with those areas that I could make the most amount of impact that was going to have the least amount of impact on other people and then picked those few areas of the house that we're going to that we're going to bring in my sanity the most. So for me, it's my kitchen. Like if I, I make a goal every single night, it doesn't always happen because that's just life. But my goal is every single night when I go to bed, my entire kitchen counter is cleared off. Mm -hmm. The dishes are put in the dishwasher so that when I wake up in the morning and come out to my kitchen and walk in and it's clean and it's fresh and I can get a cup of coffee and you don't feel like you're starting your day with this constant to-do list already before you've even woke up and like really capturing those first few minutes of the day, like that can make the, the biggest deal. So it's really little like simple things like that. Like, can you, can I implement these things? And so for me, it's instead of cleaning off my kitchen counter and just like tucking things away, it's always asking myself the question of, do I really need this? Is this something that I really want to keep? Or am I just keeping it by default? And most of the time we're keeping things out of default. We're not really, we're not really like when, you know, the kids toys, when I pick up a kid's toy up off the floor, I used to just put it right away, but now I'm always asking myself, like, do we really need this? Is this something we really want to keep? Because if it's not, then it can go. And so just constantly, I guess it's those little habits each and every single day, because you're right. Like you can go through and purge once every six months and get rid of a ton of stuff. And the other thing is this stuff always is creeping its way back in, right? Like there's always, (laughs) there's always stuff coming in. So it's kind of those twofold pieces of constantly getting rid of stuff, like every single day, just making it a part of your life lifestyle to be constantly cleaning out, not just in your home, but in your calendar and on your mind, which there's a whole nother topic, but cleaning constantly choosing each and every single day, not just living by default. Yes. And then being really intentional about what comes in. So setting those boundaries of what you're allowing in rather than just letting things come in by default. So it's really about intention rather than default. Well, I, I love a couple of things that you said. And one is, so I, I am a more organized type of person. So as soon as the mail comes in, I immediately chuck every single envelope that is unnecessary. Whereas yep. my husband is different. My husband would literally let the mail sit there all week long. And I don't know that he would ever throw away the trash mail, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So some of us are kind of wired differently. So what I like about that though, is that you said you started with yourself because even though I feel like I'm a pretty super organized person, we have these um, two sisters in my town, Beth Lasher and Stacy LaGrange, and they created a business called Sister Sorters, Renee. And they come to your mm. house and they like yes. force you because even though like I'm this great purger, I think I am, like they literally forced me to go through and really say like, Kim, here is a pair of Spanx. You have three pairs of Spanx, Kim. Why do you need three pairs of Spanx? Which, which one? Oh, I always right. use this one, but I paid $60 for those, you know? And exactly. so like, yes. And then what happens is you, you start to gain momentum and then maybe like the people in your family start to see it happening and they're ready to come on board. But I will tell you, like my husband, when they came to do his stuff with him, he was like hauling half of the stuff back into our bedroom and back into his drawer, (laughs) you know? And like, he really had to be coached. Like, is this something that is bringing you joy or is this really something that's causing you stress? Or Scott, is this causing your wife stress? 
<laughs> yes. So, well, and you brought up you brought up something that we haven't talked about too is that there's lots of reasons why we hold on to our stuff. So there's a lot and until you really kind of address some of that, it's going to be this kind of cycle over and over and over again. So for some people, it's that emotion, there's emotional ties to stuff like memories or, you know, you have those sentimental items. You're like, oh, but this was my great grandma. There's something or other and I can't get rid of it. But for a lot of people, it's tied to things like fears. So maybe it's a fear of money. Like, will I have enough money to buy this again in the future if I absolutely need it? Or like you talked about, like I spent the money on this already. I'm losing money by getting rid of this. And so that can also be tied to that fear of money or the fear of unknowns of the future or whatever. So there's oftentimes there's layers to it. It's not just going through and getting rid of stuff, but really truly getting truthful with yourself and honest with yourself and reflecting what those fears and reasons why you might be holding on to things are so that you can truly let go of them. Yeah, it is so cleansing. I did read the Marie Kondo book. It's such a teeny yeah. tiny book. And for those listening, I love because what happens is you do start with the things that are easier and you literally have to hold them in your hands and say, okay, like I'm going to give you a silly example, but I think it will make sense. So I have like good kitchen dish towels and I have the kitchen dish towels that I don't like. They don't absorb. They're like super cheap. There's like four of them. And so when I open my drawer and I get to the crappy dish towels, I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't stand when I have to use these. And so her philosophy is like those, those dish towels, stupid dish towels are not bringing you joy. Trash those suckers yep. and yes. buy four more because the energy What's happening is you're getting energy sucked out of you every time you see those shitty um, dish towels. Yes. And so like when you're talking about even how for you, you know that you want to start your day off seeing a clean kitchen because that is the basis of like everything productive for your day. It reminds yep. me of another book called The Slight Edge, which mm -hmm. taught me to make my bed every morning. Yep. Because yep. every time you go into your bedroom and you're like, ah, oh, there's the messy bed up, oh, there's the nasty bed up, oh, there's the, you know, that like it sucks this energy and creativity from you. And you don't yes. realize all of those things are draining you. 100%. And I think it's also like for me, the, like you said, making the bed. I remember as a kid, I hated making my bed. It always felt like this chore that my mom made me do. And so when I became an adult, I was like, I'm never making my bed. I'm not doing this. And then at one point I, somebody had read, or I had read somewhere, or I don't know, something clicked for me that I was like, gosh, making my bed isn't actually, a, it's a form of self-care because when I make my bed, I feel better. And so by in cleaning my kitchen, I feel better. It's not necessarily like transforming that thought process about what you're doing and those things instead of thinking of them as chores, but seeing them as an act of self-care. Because when I make my bed and I walk into my bedroom and it feels really good, I feel good. And so when I make my bed, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, I have to make my bed every single day. It's like, nope, this is self-care because when I do this, I feel better and this is great. And so just transforming those chores, those things every day, instead of thinking of them as chores, but transforming them into like, this is empowering me and this is boosting my energy. This is making me feel better can make all the difference as well. I, I love that. So I want to know, so, cause I know I can just see my mamas who are listening to this. They're like, <laughs> Renee, how do you clean your house just for 15 minutes every day? Because like you said, the average person is spending about five hours doing all of it from yeah. laundry to organizing, to putting groceries away, to wiping counters down to all of it. So 
tell us a little more about that and, and what that looks like and how you got yourself there. So we know that you kind of purged and began to get rid of stuff, which yeah. I think is a huge thing. Like you would be amazed people how you feel when you start to get rid of the stuff in your life. Yep. 100%. 100%. So, well, okay. So I will be honest. If you were to come to my house, my floors are probably not clean. Like they're not mopped. My toilet probably has stuff on the rim. Like those sorts of cleaning things are a whole different story, but like the actual like stuff, stuff in my house, <clears throat> like the maintenance, just the daily maintenance. Yes. Yes. So those are the things that I feel like once you start uh, what I teach, I have, and I, we can give it to your audience too. It's a clean in 15 course. So it teaches all about how you can get clean in 15. And so, but, but it really is talking about like, instead of focusing your time and your energy on the maintenance, instead of focusing on that, if you focus on each and every single day on this decluttering that up front, you might be spending more time doing the, the, doing the cleaning stuff on the other side. But if you're focusing on actually getting rid of the stuff, instead of just putting it away, that over time that momentum builds up and that instead of just sorting and cleaning and sorting and cleaning and barely keeping up, you're actually removing stuff from your space, if that makes sense. So I kind yes. of like worded it funny there. No, but that makes sense though. It's kind of like this idea of if you're have one box and it gets spread out, and you spend 15 minutes picking it up and putting it back in the box. Well, tomorrow that box gets spread out and you spend 15 minutes putting it back in the box. You know, like every single day, you're just repeating the same 15 minutes every, every day. So you're never going to actually make any progress. But if instead of putting it back in the box, you took that box and you put it outside, then today you're going to have another 15 minutes, but what do you, you can do something new with it. And so that continues to build up over time. And then you get rid of the stuff out of your house and then you implement just key little strategies. Like every night I put the dishes away after I'm done, I clean off the counters, whatever. And we do a 15 minute sweep in the living room and the kitchen and make sure that all the stuff is picked up out of there. And then that starts the day fresh. So every single day, like you talked about the mail, when we let that mail sit there and pile up and pile up and pile up, it's going to take you an hour to go through it, right? Yes, yes. But if you're just focusing 15 minutes every single day and getting rid of it every single day, it makes it so that that momentum keeps up. And then the other thing with the 15 minutes and why I teach the 15 minutes is this idea of context switching. I don't know if you've taught no. much on that. But there's this, this um, research out there that talks about every time we switch from one task to another task, we lose productivity. So as moms, we're constantly multitasking, right? Like we're handling kids and we've got our phone buzzing and we're trying to clean and we're trying to do the dishes. And oftentimes when I talk to moms, they're doing like three or four different household tasks at the same time. Like that was another survey I did. So they're doing laundry, dishes, cooking dinner, and managing the kids all at the same time. So they've got four different tasks going. But what happens is that every time you switch your mentality from one thing to the next, you, you lose productivity. And so uh, uh, with four items, I think it was like, you're going down to like 70% productivity. So if we can instead focus on one task for only 15 minutes, you're going to get all of that productivity, all of that energy done. You're going to get far more accomplished in that 15 minutes than if you were trying to multitask four or five different items for an hour and a half. Okay. That so, makes perfect sense to me because as yeah. an educator, we, there was this research out and we called them transitions that every time students had to make a transition, like, okay, now we're going to get out of our seats and we're going to come over here for the read aloud. And now we're going to go from the read aloud over to literacy stations, which, you know, you do want to get kids up and moving, but the average amount of time that was lost in a transition yes. was two and a half minutes. 
Yeah. Okay. And so we apply this uh, philosophy to my business, like my copywriter and my um, Gabrielle and my assistant, Jessa, we've taught them now how to do batching. So like when Gabrielle's yes. going to edit my blog post, she's going to edit like five blog posts at a time yep. because she's much more efficient than if she like edits a blog post here and then comes back to another one tomorrow. So yep. you're, but that's, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about yes. batching your cleaning, sorting, organizing task and staying with one task in order to really bring all the energy and complete that task. Right. And uh, like some of my clients that I've done that have done this, you you turn on some music, you turn off your phone because your phone can distract you. You get the kids engaged with something or you have them help you or whatever it may be. Like get yourself set up so that that 15 minutes is a hundred percent focused on what you're doing. You would be surprised what you can get done in 15 minutes if you are all in. Like you've set a timer. You're like, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to get the dishes done, or I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to whatever. Like you give yourself that 15 minute timer, you put on some music, you clear out as many distractions as you can. Some, a task that before may have taken you an hour and a half, you might be surprised you can get it done in 15 minutes. Yes. I love that idea. You know, you're also making me think about the five second rule with Mel Robbins. Have you heard about that? I have. I've, I've tried to listen to her book, but I've never made it all the way through. Yeah. Well, I want to do a different uh, episode on it, but I know one of the things that she teaches, cause it's kind of going back to making the bed or cleaning the countertops or doing the dishes is she says that we constantly put off doing things and some of us yeah. more so than others. So I'm, I'm an activator personality, which means I take action immediately and I'm really good at getting shit done. Whereas like my husband is more of like the avoidance personality, like I'm not going to deal with that just yet. Or I'm yeah. going to walk past the dishes 20 times because I just don't want to deal with those. <laughs> and so what she is saying is that like the five second rule, there's some kind of science behind that shows that you should always count backwards from five. Actually anything, anything that we do, we should count backwards. So for example, I do 25 push-ups after every run that I do. And I used to count up one, two, three, but she says you actually build momentum if you count backwards. And so- Yeah. So when we go past the dishes and we're like, I'll just do that later. She says, don't do it. She's like, count down from five, five, four, three, two, one. And on one, you take action. You make a move, whatever it takes. You put yourself in front of there, you do the dishes or you make the bed or you get out of bed. You know, when your alarm goes off five, four, three, two, one. And on one, you get out of bed because she says, the more you delay, doing things, again, those things bog and weigh you down. And and like you said, you lose productivity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, I have a two minute rule. So kind of along in the same sense, like anything that you can do in two minutes or less needs to be done right then. So that, that same, kind that. Of, it's kind of incorporating that same idea. Cause like you may be like, Oh, I can't do the dishes right now because I've got bedtime. I've got whatever. Like there are times yes. when you're not maybe like physically feasible to do. So if it's something that you can do in two minutes, like you take off your shoes, do you put them right away? Or do you leave them by the front door? Or do you, you know, when you come in the door, are you sorting the mail right away? Like realistically, I can sort my mail in the house in less than like probably two minutes. Oh, so me I too. I think it's 30 seconds. You know, yes. I'm like, but I'm, but I'm, we're done. Yeah. You, you, 
pick what you want. You put the other stuff away, like throw the other stuff away and done. So whatever you can do in that two minutes, you do it right then. So it's kind of like that activating sort of sense as well. And what happens is that you, like if you're practicing that five, four, three, two, one, or you're saying, I'm not going to put a, put off anything in that two minutes, you build momentum. And then it reinforces that you feel good. You, you actually are getting things done. You're getting things accomplished rather than when you put things off constantly, it's that builds up that momentum the other direction, right? So it's really about just taking those small little steps and then celebrating those small little steps. Mm. Like if you're doing 15 minutes and maybe right now, if you started with a 15 minute sweep or a 15 minute timer, like I've said, maybe your whole house is not going to get done in 15 minutes. But if you say I did this 15 minutes and celebrate that 15 minutes and know that tomorrow you can do another 15 minutes, then that's going to, what's going to build momentum rather than if you say, well, I did 15 minutes, but now the, this other half of my house is not done. Then that what you're doing is you're priming your brain that that 15 minutes didn't matter. Instead oh. of the other way around, you say 15 minutes is 15 minutes. I got it done. And each day I take 15 minutes, it's going to build momentum. So is this where the context comes in? The context switching? Yeah. Context is, I mean, it would just be like your focus switches from one thing. Like, um, oh, so it's oh, kind of okay. like multitasking, like you talked about. So Those like transitions, the yeah. transitions. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and so then, all right. So this is really helpful. And you said the name <laughs> of that, we'll, we'll put the, the link to that guide. What is your guide called? It's called the clean in 15. It's actually a course. So oh. it's like a, a mod, like, I don't even remember how many modules course. That so people that's can awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cause I yeah. know a lot of my ladies could use that. So then, okay. So you basically, you find yourself just not enjoying motherhood. You're overwhelmed. You can't keep up. You feel exhausted everywhere you look. And so you start to kind of say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of stuff. I'm going to start to manage my home on a daily basis so that I feel good because that's taking care of me. Yeah. So just doing those things, did you start to really feel that weight kind of lift from your chest or were there other things that you did or how did you get yourself to a place where you're like, Hey, I, I'm more than a mom and I can enjoy motherhood while I can also enjoy being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, Oh, I love it. Just so you all know, one of the little girl, one of her little daughters has just appeared right now on the podcast. Who is this, Miss Renee? What's your name? Can you say it really loud? No. Go back with brother and sister. <laughs> I love it. Does she have pink hair too? Yes. I love your pink hair, pink streak. See, this is what being a mama is about. You're, you're doing a podcast and hey there, I love your pink hair. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good way to run her off. Huh? <laughs> She's like, oh, wait, she sees me. Um, so, okay. So going back. Yes. So yes, that was my first one was like, how can I get rid of the stuff that I'm, that's spending all my time? Like, and I realized like, that's what moms say so many times is I don't have time for anything that I want to do. I don't have time for self-care. I don't have any time for, you know, reading. I don't have any time for doing any of these things that everybody else is telling me are really good for moms. I just don't have the time. So clearing out the stuff will give you your time back. It will give you some time and then refocusing 
and bringing in those other tools and those other strategies were then like felt like it was free to be able to do them. So gratitude, I know we talked about that, I think on the podcast with you, that was definitely a huge catalyst for me. And even in those moments when you're like so frustrated with one of your kids, they're not doing anything. Those are the times I'm like, okay, why am I grateful for this child? (laughs) Yeah, right. That's the real power of gratitude is can you do it when life is hard? Yes. Like when you're, they're frustrating and you're mad and you're like, Ooh, they make me so angry. You pull in those like, okay, but why am I thankful for them? Um, so that, and then the morning routine was another big, big, big one for me pulling that in. And then really just, I guess the biggest word, if I were to describe all of it was about intention, intention with what was in my home intention with what I allowed on my calendar. I started to say no to a lot more and set more boundaries up in my life instead of just taking on because I realized how valuable my time was and how easily I was giving it away to everybody else and everything else looking for things that were going to make me feel good. But when I was able to solidify what things were my core values and what was important to me and my family and not necessarily Jane down the road. It allowed me to be able to set those boundaries and take some of my time back. And then all of that kind of combined gave me more time to then focus on the things that I enjoyed, that made me happy, that made me excited, made me a better parent, all of those sorts of things. So it kind of had this ripple effect into, well, now that I've gotten time back, I'm not spending it cleaning and organizing. I'm not saying yes to everything that comes my way. Now I have lots more time. What do I want to actually put? that in that time so that it's intentional and I enjoy it. And so those were really big ones. And then the la- the biggest, biggest one would be intention with the way I was thinking yes. instead of bringing yourself down every single day and going to bed at the end of the night saying like, well, I didn't do X, Y, Z. I failed today. And yet neglecting all of the amazing and wonderful things you did in the day you go to bed for, you know, you just negate all of that. So like, for example, my daughter the other day, she and I got in a fight about something. I don't even remember. And I remember midway through the day feeling like, gosh, I sucked today. I was yelling. I did not enjoy today. I was a bad mom, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, there was something my daughter did. And so I had this conversation about mistakes and how we're all going to make huge mistakes and we're going to all be, make these horrible you know, decisions someday. But as long as we learn from them and move forward, that's all that really matters. And so after this whole conversation, she, I went, Oh, she was laying in bed and she goes, mom, it feels really amazing to have a mom that helps me learn from my mistakes. I feel like I've got a superhero mom. <sighs> And so to have that, like she didn't think about any of the other stuff that happened in the day where I was feeling so horrible and so beat down and so frustrated that I was yelling and I was irritated and I was angry and whatever. I wasn't enjoying the day to feel like she didn't remember any of that. All she remembered is that moment at the end. And so we need to make sure that as moms, we're doing that too, Mm, that we're like focusing on those moments that because our kids oftentimes don't remember all yeah. of the things that we're and, and bringing ourselves down with. It's the story that we tell ourselves that isn't yes. always a true story. I know my son, so he, you know, he graduated um, a year ago from high school. So he just finished his first year of college and it was his senior year. And, you know, he doesn't need much from me. I mean, if, you know, we eat supper together every evening, but he comes home from basketball at 630. We have supper. He goes down in his room like this is what teenage boys do. But I, 
as he gained his independence, I started to work a lot more hours because I, I have two different businesses and I was kind of pouring all of my efforts into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, his car would pull in the driveway, you know, at six thirty at night and he'd see his mama like still in her office and I would get out and like shut it down as soon as he would come home. But I walked up to him one time because I was always a little worried that like, am I modeling to Spencer that it's just like, you, you know, you're work. hugely driven and you work, work, work. And, and, and I do it because like, like I am excited to do this work, right? Yeah. It, it's yeah. my passion. But even though he didn't need me to be like, Hey, let's go jump on the trampoline or go fishing. Like we used to do. I still wondered like, was I modeling this kind of crazy work behavior to him? Yeah. And I went to greet him one time and he gave me a hug and I was like, um, do you, do I model for you that I just work, 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 work. And he kind of pulled me back and he looked in my eyes and he said, mom, you have modeled for me what it means to chase after your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So like, again, right. We have the story we tell ourselves yes. and then there's the story that they see that is meaningful to them. Yeah. So I love that about your story. Okay. I want to know real quick, cause you said something about a morning routine and I know yes. I know people like Allison, who's listening to this podcast right now, who listens to all of them and who's like, I want to know what her morning routine is. So what is your morning routine? Oh, well, my morning routine morphs and changes. And I think that that's the powerful thing in the morning routine is that it doesn't have to be the exact same thing for the entire, your entire lifetime that you can pull in the pieces that you feel like you need in that season. So I was actually thinking the other day, I was like, gosh, at one point, my morning routine focused more heavily on the physical exercise. So that was my priority. So if I woke up in the morning and I knew I only had, you know, 30 minutes, my exercise was taking that 30 minute morning time. Um, Versus right now, the me- the thirty minutes gets eaten up by journaling and meditation. So it's it's shifted and it's changed. And I think that those that's the the beauty of it is that whatever season you're in and whatever you feel like is is fueling you the most is the most important thing. But I think the the key thing with the morning routine is just that you're setting the intention that the morning time is a sacred time for you to set the tone for the day. So making sure that the first thing in the morning, you're setting yourself up for success and celebrating those things that you are doing well from the very get-go. So Right now, my morning routine really looks like me getting up and drinking a cup of coffee, reading a book, and then journaling. And that's pretty much what it's been because I ha- by then my kids are already awake and they're up. And so getting the exercise in in that first little bit of the morning hasn't been possible at this point in time. So we incorporate it somewhere else in the day. But at one point, it was flip-flopped. So I think that it just really is it the key piece in any morning routine is just that intention and awareness that taking care of you first thing in the morning matters. Oh, I and love that, that whatever it's filled with in that morning routine doesn't make a difference and it can change. It doesn't have to stay stagnant. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we're going to end this by doing a few quick fire questions. These are just going to be okay. off the cuff, quick, quick questions. Um, is there anything that you're binge watching right now? We just finished watching Schitt's Creek. Ooh, is that good? Yes. Okay. My husband and I need something else to watch. So, okay. Well, we just one. got, we just got to the end of it last night. My husband was like, oh my gosh, is the, the seasons are over. That's it. There's no more. <laughs> <laughs> shoot, shoot. So yes, it's, it's a lighthearted, funny one. It's not deep. It's not intense. Okay. It's okay. Got a lot of like humorous stuff in there. So it was we'll fun. try that one out. Yeah. We'll try that yeah. one out. What is one of your big, most aud- audacious, gaudy dreams that you have? 
for yourself? Uh, for myself? I, I feel like one of my biggest dreams, my goals eventually is to host like mom retreats around the world. Ooh, so yes. that's on my, it's on my board here. I that, love that. Oh, a mom retreat. Mm-hmm. Oh, we all need a mom retreat. I love yes. that. Um, you've talked about self-care already. What is one way that you're reaching for more joy in your life right now? So I went, I, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it in here, but I've been recently working with a, like a linguistics coach and she's been helping me watch what I'm saying and how it's impacting my life and whatever. And she, in our conversation had said something about recognizing your inner child and allowing your inner child to come into play. And so I realized how much I've been saying no to things in my life because it's either I just don't want to, or it's too playful or it's this or that or whatever. Like I was saying no so much. And so in this last couple of weeks, I've been trying really hard to acknowledge that inner child and allow myself to say yes to things like playing tag or getting in the pool with the kids or playing hide and seek or those sorts of things. And just allowing that inner child to laugh and have fun. So for me, that has been very, very powerful. I feel like I've been laughing so much more. The kids are so much happier. Like we've just been seeing so much more joy in our house by me being okay with being a kid again. Yeah. 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 Play is actually one of the top things that we can do as adults in our life. We think that we're not allowed to play anymore, but we actually need to play as adults. So that's pretty cool that you're, you're doing that. Okay. The last question is what is something that people would be surprised to know about Renee Fleck? Mmm, surprised to know about me. I don't know, actually. Um, I don't like cleaning. I guess we <laughs> go back here. Yeah, because people are probably like, she's just some clean freak. I could never do this. That's a good yeah. one. No, I don't. I really honestly hate cleaning. Like, and the kids are all fight though. Sometimes like they'll argue with me and they're like, we just don't like cleaning. And I'm like, <laughs> neither do I. I don't, but I love a clean house. So getting rid of all the stuff and getting things out my door is, and I'm I'm not super organized with everything. So like being able to get rid of it and still have a clean house, but without being organized or enjoying cleaning. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a great episode. You know what I love the most is that you really do. You can just see the grace that you extend to yourself. And I think that so much of the time we get put in these little boxes and we're told like, this is exactly what your morning routine needs to look like, or this, you need to do this every single day. And I love that you're kind of more about finding what feels good to you and incorporating that and not being like, oh, I have to do this and do it perfectly. I feel like you really do a great job of honoring that. So I appreciate that gift. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like there's no one right way to do anything. (laughs) Exactly. So, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. you being here. It was great to be on. Thanks for having me. It was really great to have Renee on today's podcast. I love that she um, extends a lot of grace just to herself as a mother, that there's, you know, just not one right way to do things. Um, Also, if you're listening to this, one of the things that I need to be telling you all is please go down and leave a review. I just found out that reviews make a really big difference to getting my She Finds Joy podcast out into the world to not just thousands of people, but millions of people. So I would love if you enjoyed today's episode, if you could go down and write us a review or jump over in the Facebook, She Finds Joy, and let us know. What did you think about today's podcast with Renee? Whoop, whoop. 
did it. Thank you so much for listening in on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm honored to share this space with you, and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you. 